0: Please do take a seat. Lord, as we look into your word, we do thank you that it is alive and relevant for us today. And Lord, moved by your Holy Spirit, seep into into our hearts, Lord, the words that you want us to hear and brood over today. Amen. Well, yeah, can you guess where I'm from? No. <laughs> no, no, my accent is properly mixed up. What if I spoke to you like this? Um, I'm from the Wirral. Um, I lived up there for 40 years before I came down here. But um, I married a Scot. So there's a wee bit of Scottish in there. Um, my best friend lives in Chicago, and my sister lives in Australia. So there's a bit of everything, and yes, it's it's a little bit mixed up up now. Um, So I do get, are you from Ireland? Well my son lives in Ireland, um, but I've never had Welsh before, that's a new one. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, no, it really is a joy to be with you today. But I want to try out some of my northern language with you. And I wonder if the young people and little ones would know exactly what I'm talking about when I ask you about your comfies. What are your comfies? Anybody? Shout a bit louder. Pajamas, oh yes, they're very comfortable, aren't they? Yeah. Pajamas, they're your comfies. Yeah, anybody else? What are your comfies? Oh, a teddy bear. Bed. Yeah, I'm with you there. (laughs) Well, well, my comfies are a pair of soft jogging pants and a, a simple sweatshirt. They're the clothes I am most comfortable in, the clothes that I feel most at home in, and if I didn't have to go to work or do anything else, they are the clothes I would wear every day. Then they're, they're, they're me, they just say me, and it's the easiest way of being. Do we put our comfies on after a day at work? Do you get changed when you go home? Put your comfy we've got some nods going on. People understand where I'm coming from. And when you're not going anywhere special, put your comfies on. And they say, they say home, don't they? They might have a bit of bleach on. Or or maybe, you know, the dinner from the other night when you, you, yeah, yes, you're with me. You know what they look like. You know what they feel like. And they feel so good when you put them on. You don't have to behave in any particular way. You're just home and you're comfortable. But what about other things you wear? What about me in this today? What does this say to you? clergy okay yes what do you think about this it's my uniform for work yes (laughs) and and you know it's not the most comfortable practical thing but actually what it's supposed to do is is when you look this way you just see a priest you don't see my personality coming through you see a priest and it kind of does that thing, really, doesn't it? So it has a function. What, what, I mean, I had the joy of going into Cheltenham to see the opera this week. And as I was moving towards the Everyman Theatre, we were bombarded by crowds coming back this way. And I realised I knew exactly where they were coming from because of what they were wearing. Where would they be coming from? The races. So what would they be wearing? Yeah, a lot of tweed, a lot of very fancy hats, but, but very beautiful. Ladies in heels, honestly. Um, I, don't, I don't know how they did it uh, all day. I'm, I'm not that kind of woman. Um, but gentlemen in these beautiful wool coats and, and hats and very smart. We know pe- who people are by the way they dress. I, um, I love your hat today. Yes, I I love it when um, there's a culture where ladies actually dress up to come to church. Um, My mother still does that. She will still wear her Sunday best to go to church. And it's very proper and right and fitting, I think, for, for those people to do that. She was horrified when I put my jeans on. But I don't like dressing up. I don't like to wear dresses and heels and, and fancy hats and makeup. It's not who I am. I am that person who likes the comfies. Is there anything that makes you feel awkward in the way you dress? What don't you like wearing? What are the things that make you feel uncomfortable? Say it louder. You don't like? Trousers, okay. Wearing a tie, yes. I imagine there'd be a few with you on that. Mm. Heels, yes, I'm with you there. I'm wearing flats today. Yeah, but there are things that we have to wear sometimes that do make us feel uncomfortable. We don't feel wonderful. And what message do we give out to people when we're feeling that slight uncomfort? Are we a bit grumpy? Do we have to put on a smiley face? Because it's our work to do that. You're wearing a tie, assuming it's work. Yeah. But we're not, we're not entirely comfortable. So maybe it's a bit scratchy. Maybe it doesn't feel so great. Maybe the trousers just really wouldn't work. No. But does anybody have a power dress? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. If I'm going in to see a head teacher in school, I'm right there. <laughs> I'm the smartest lady on the playground. Yeah, um, there's something about power dressing, isn't there? Look at me. I'm smart. I respect who you are, but I've I've come to make me feel, you know, a little bit taller than what I really am. And our uniforms, especially school uniforms. How do you feel about your school uniform? Do you love your school uniform? Oh, oh, that's a positive answer. <laughs> but it's really helpful for mums in the morning just to grab that uniform rather than try and figure out what they want to wear today. If there was something you could wear every day, and it didn't matter where you were going or who was looking at you, what would it be? What would be that something you would wear, you would put on every day? Would it be your wedding dress? My sister used to love just flancing around the house in her wedding dress. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you're with me. You're with the comfort phase. You like to wear a tracksuit. Yes, that's comfortable, isn't it? Our clothing, it can and it does affect our mood, and it demonstrates our mood as well, doesn't it? And it can and does affect those around us, if you think about it. If I was stood here in a wedding dress, you'd be wondering who I was and what I was doing here. (laughs) Who likes new clothes? Oh, fabulous. (laughs) We've got a couple. (laughs) I I can't be doing my clothes shopping because nothing fits ever. Um, And I find it such a chore. But it's lovely to get some new clothes every now and then, to look a little bit different and to feel nice. Well, there's some that have been introduced to us today, and I wonder what you make of these. What about compassion? And, and you know, I love the New Living Translation. And in the New Living Translation, it says tender-hearted mercy for compassion. What a beautiful way of understanding that. Tender hearted mercy, tender hearted, right here, mercy, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and above all, love. I wonder if I would ask the question does my bum look big in this when I put compassion on and when I put kindness on, and when I put gentleness on, and you know, it really wouldn't change the, the sort of outer appearance, would it? But would it change me? Would it change how I looked from the inside out? Just imagine for a moment, just go there with me. We all get dressed in these new clothes, all of us here. We all put on Compassion, imagine yourself putting on that tender-hearted mercy. We all put on kindness. We all put on goodness, gentleness, humility. And we all put on love. How does it feel? Do they fit all right? Do they feel scratchy? Would you have to actually adjust some of you to make it fit a little bit better? Does it feel good? Just imagine if we did this every day. If we got used to this actually getting up in the morning and thinking about, today I'm putting on tender-hearted mercy, compassion. I'm putting on that gentleness, that humility, that love. It's going to be a part of me. And eventually, these clothes become our comfies. They become our home. They become the place where we feel Most comfortable. Just imagine. Okay. Are you all good at parking? Because I want you to park that wee bit over here somewhere. Don't forget where you parked it, because we're going to come back to it later. And move on to the story in Exodus. There's a Levite woman. And she knows that the midwives have been instructed... To kill all the babies but actually they've said all the babies are really strong but the babies are still coming and the order from the pharaoh is to kill all the newborn baby boys so the levite woman stashes her baby this is incredible how do you hide a baby for three months i have no idea how she did it what an incredible woman to fight for the life of her baby that she hides him and then at three months old, he becomes too difficult to hide. So she makes a basket. She has it made waterproof. She, she make, um, puts tar and bitumen around it. And then she, she puts the basket with the baby in the reeds of the River Jordan. How, how would a mother do that? I would find that incredibly difficult. But it's either death here or the risks I wonder if she did a risk assessment in her mind of of putting a baby in a basket in the reeds in that river who was going to find the baby who what was there wildlife in there but what if the baby broke loose and got lost in the current and what about stranger danger had she thought about that but she had done her best and the basket was watertight so she was prepared to risk it And I imagine that baby in the basket, and I imagine he was curious for quite a while, what's going on here, it's a bit rocky. You know, there's reeds to look at and all sorts of wildlife to look at maybe. And then I imagine he would get very hungry and would want to be shouting out loud, oh, somebody feed me now please, the way babies do. And the Pharaoh, his daughter had gone down to bathe. She saw the basket, heard the baby probably, and she would know instantly who the baby was she would know that this was a baby put there to be safe by a hebrew mother so i wonder when through her, what went through her mind did she dare disobey her father's orders did she know about them i don't know the bible doesn't tell us but she she went and she had that basket brought to her she took the child And Miriam, being very smart, offered the mother as the wet nurse. But for the pharaoh's daughter, she raised the child as one of her own in her own community. A slave child raised as royalty in the community of the palace. His own mother was drawn into the plan of his care. Excuse me. (coughs) The Pharaoh's daughter broke barriers. She broke the rules, she broke regulations and she broke traditions, all broken down by this brave woman. She had her clothes on that day, although she was bathing. She was clothed with compassion. She was clothed with kindness. She was clothed with love and she became a mother Let's go find that other talk, bring it back. Join the two together. What if, not a baby in a basket, but what if somebody came in and they're not who we would normally see, not somebody we would expect to see, somebody maybe not behaving in a manner we would expect them to. Are we brave enough, like Pharaoh's daughter, to reach out now that we are clothed with compassion, tender hearted mercy, gentleness, kindness, and love? Will we support, will we come around and encourage and love that person? Would we notice the child, the person in need? The person not of our own tribe, the person who cries out. Would we draw them out of the water and surround them? Would we become their carer, supporter, mother, number one fan? We don't need to birth a child to mother. In our new clothes, we open wide the great big doors of invitation. And we say, I care, I care enough to be compassionate, kind, all those things. So today, let's be that network of people carrying out and supporting people who find themselves in a basket in the reeds, without support. Clothe yourselves with compassion kindness gentleness humility and love a note to church wardens here next week if anybody shows up in their PJs it's okay we're going to do a very quick activity and possibly finish it at at tea time Um, we're thinking about the weaving basket and I've, I've made something to show you here there's around the tables at the back you take, um, take a, a bunch of strips and write your name on each of those strips, and then you're going to exchange each of your strips with somebody else so that you end up with a whole set of different names. And it doesn't matter how many times you exchange, as long as you don't have any of your strips when you come to do your weaving. Now, there's plenty of here, plenty of us here who know how to weave, and we can support the ones who haven't yet experimented with weaving. There's a bit of sellotape there and pens and all sorts, but maybe you'd like to make something to take home with names of people that you can pray for, you can support, you can determine, these are the people I will love and care for. Would you like to stand up, turn around, go to the back, and through there, there's tables with pens, slips of paper, Go grab a pack of papers, write your name on them, and start exchanging. We'll have take five minutes to do this, and then come back.